What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so um, we'll just get right into it. Well, first off, not a lot of baseball to discuss this week, so we're basically just skipping over that whole section. Um, but uh, Nick will do some XFL stuff. Uh, sure, so going to XFL, uh, you know, not much movement in terms of the, the news coming out of the league. It's It's kind of calmed down. I'd say this is... The most steady point the XFL has been in terms of you know, you know again roller coaster of hype coming in it died down and now it's kind of found its, its steady place where there's isn't like news about controversies about like the league structure it's more just about you know you know games a game each week um, so I'm just going through the scores in terms of this week uh, Seattle Dragons beat or lost to the uh, Houston Roughnecks 32 to 20 uh, 23 uh, the New York Guardians beat the Dallas Renegades 30 to 12. Um, and then happening right now, we have the Seattle Battlehawks playing the D.C. Defenders, and we have the Tampa Bay Vipers versus the L.A. Wildcats uh, later tonight at 9. Um, so, is this supposed to happen at 3 o'clock? Why is there no score update for me? Whatever. Okay, so the Battlehawks and Defenders already played. I, I thought they did. I was like, why is there there's no score there? Um, I, I, I don't know what score is. But, um, you know, just... So right now, just you know, just to recap, we're in week five. Uh, yeah, we're in. So here we go. Now I have the score: 50, uh, 15 DC defenders and the Seattle Battlehawks six. So there's your score there. Uh, just to recap, we're in week five, and there is a total of for right now ten weeks of the XFL in the playoffs. Um, so we're about halfway through. Uh, I'll have to keep following the league. Pretty interesting stuff. Good football. Uh, so moving off of that, going into the NFL, uh, two major pieces coming out of the NFL. Uh, one uh, hot topic of every NFL conversation right now is Tom Brady. Where is he going? What's happening? Uh, so update on Tom Brady. Number one, he just put his house up, I think, officially on the market through his realtor uh, for $33 million in Massachusetts. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to move out of Massachusetts because we obviously know that. But we do know his house is up for sale at this point. So he could be moving somewhere else in Boston if he decides to stay with the Patriots. Um or he could be moving away, depending on where else he wants to go. Uh, and in addition to that, he also left a crucial comment in pretty simple terms. He just said that nobody knows anything. Uh, so, you know, referring to the fact that he hasn't told anybody about his decision, and he's probably not sure of it himself at this point. That's what I believe. Um, you know, he's really going to have more thoughts about it going into the free agency market. There also have been rumors that he had talks with Belichick and Kraft from the Patriots and. The, conversations didn't go over well mm. um at this point I, honestly I, I you know i see the majority of the media leaning towards the fact that he's going to leave he's either going to go to like the chargers or he's going to go to the 49ers somewhere on the west coast or the raiders somewhere where there's a big market as well as uh, you know hopefully a team in place that he can win another championship with the number one you know prove his legacy that i didn't rely on bill belichick to win all these super bowls yeah. and the number two is marketability you know post-career uh, he, he definitely wants to expand his his own brand, TV12, and etc. So, you know, these are the things that he's probably looking at in terms of leaving the Patriots. But my ultimate opinion in going forward until we hear more solidified news is that it's all a smokescreen. I think that Brady's testing the waters, you know, thinking about these things, but I don't think he'll ever act on them. You know, when you spend your entire career with one team, it just doesn't make sense to leave in your last year or two, especially when you're not the quarterback that you once were. You know, Tom Brady's still Tom Brady. He's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league regardless next year. 
but I don't think he's really the type of player that can lead a a mediocre or less team to a Super Bowl right now. That's true. I definitely think he's a he's a quarterback that absolutely has the talent to lead a team that's a team on its own capable of making the playoffs type of team. Mm. But he's not going to take a team that's towards the bottom, like the Raiders, who didn't even make the playoffs, or the Chargers, who didn't make the playoffs. And I don't know if he's really going to be able to turn around those franchises and lead them to a Super Bowl just like that. Um, so I, I don't think it'd be his in his best interest in terms of his playing career to go to those teams. So that's my comments on Brady, and then you know capping off the NFL. Uh, so the CBA collective bargaining agreement. Uh, you know they're they're set to vote on it soon. A lot of confusion throughout the league. Uh, I feel like there's a ton of players in opposing directions. A lot of players say this is great, we want it, and there's a lot of players saying no, we don't want 17 games. It's tough on our bodies. I think that's what's really what's really hard to run right now is is the fact you know that the fact that there's going to be 17 games in this new agreement, as well as I think they're going to try and move around the compensation that players get paid out based on their injuries because the players are are looking towards their their futures and saying you know we're we're having all CTE you need to pay for it if we're putting our, our lives in the line like that. So you know it's also you know ultimately we really don't know what what's going to vote the vote's going to be but if I had to pick guess. The fact that it is split 50-50, they're most likely going to turn it down as during the vote. And they're going to say, you know what, we're really split on this. Why don't we turn it down, restructure the the, the, the agreement so that more of us can agree on it. And I think that that's the, that's the move they should make, and that's the move I think they might make. But again, it's really too early to tell. We're, the only time we're going to tell is when after the voting happens. So we'll have to see what happens there. Brian, you have any comments? Um, not really about the CBA, but about Tom Brady. Um, I think, I mean, we've discussed it over and over again, but there's really no reason for him to leave. But I more wanted to say that, like, with him putting his house on the market, like, we shouldn't take that too far and think, like, that means he's definitely leaving because, I mean, it's kind of coincidence, but it seems like when a lot of, when a lot of players are on the move, there's always news. Well, when a lot of players are possibly on the news, there's always on the move, there's always news about them putting their house on the market or looking for new houses. So... With that type of stuff, we don't want to uh, get too far into it and think that like something's definitely going to happen. One hundred percent. I think just the other week, um, I may have sent it to you. There was a rumor that Jay Wright, Villanova head coach for the basketball team here, I go here. Uh, you know, there, there was rumors that he was going to go sign with the Knicks, take their yeah. head coaching spot, and there was absolutely no truth to that rumor. But the fact that he was putting his house up on the market, mm. which. It, I just believe his kids have moved out of the house, so they look at him and his wife looking at downsizing. Yeah. It's literally as simple as that. Yeah. And you know, everyone took it as, "Oh, the Knicks are looking for a head coach." They spoke to him, and he's put his house in the market. It's a, you know, I saw reports that it was a done deal. And there's just no truth to those rumors at all. Jay Wright came out and said himself that he never even spoke to the Knicks or he never responded. So you know, it, again, it's all smoke screens. You really don't know. Yeah. Anybody in the in the media who says they know, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person that knows is Tom Brady, and, and, and as I said, in my opinion, I don't even think he knows right now. So, you know, it's a, it's a decision that ultimately it's going to come down between him and his wife mm-hmm. and, and his kids. And I think it's what's really going to settle down to. And I think they'll stay in Massachusetts because yeah. he doesn't want to uplift his kids. He's been with the, that franchise his entire career. It just doesn't make sense for him to move right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole thing about when they say, like, testing free agency, that's literally what Tom Brady's probably going to do and see what he can possibly get and then figure it out. Like Nick said, I don't think he really knows what he's going to do either. Um, but I guess that's it for NFL stuff and XFL stuff, right? Can't forget about that. So we're going to go into NBA. Um, Steph Curry's back. He played his first game on the 5th, which today's the 8th, so that was Thursday? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, he had 23 points. Um, obviously, it's a good amount of points. It's not really what Steph Curry always gets, but he only played 27 minutes. So it's partially the reason. And, I mean, it was just nice to have him back. 23 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. And it was just, I mean, for the Warriors who've had a really bad season, it was just nice for their fans to finally have him back and actually have excitement around the team. Um, they also played today. I'm just trying to pull up the stats. I mean, they played yesterday. Um, oh, yeah, Steph Curry has the flu, so he didn't even play yesterday. So that's kind of, um, I guess. Annoying. It's not the coronavirus. Yeah. The Warriors came out very clearly and said that. I mean, I guess we're going to discuss this later, but when a sports player gets it, it will be interesting. Um, next up, Giannis is out for a few games with some type of injury. I wish I had written that down. But, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't matter for the Bucs. He is Sprainy. Sprainy. He's They're, like, in half games up for their uh, the number one seed. They're already clinched the playoffs, so there's really nothing to worry about on that end. Um, I guess going into the next thing, um, the Lakers, Lakers clinched a playoff. Earth. I mean, everyone knew that was going to happen, but there's more just news. Um, another thing that I want to talk about, Kenny Atkinson was fired from the Nets job. Obviously, the Nets aren't having the season that they thought they were going to have. I mean, that goes that simply goes to Kyrie Irving uh, both having a bad attitude with the Nets, which we've discussed about, even though it's not like public knowledge. I, I think a lot of people can agree that he hasn't had the best attitude when it's come to just being on a new team. Um, and also him being injured. I personally don't understand why they'd, they'd get rid of Kenny Atkinson. They said that it was because um, they have different directions that the two want to go, Kenny Atkinson and um, Sean Marks, who's the GM of the Nets. Um, and reports are saying that Kenny Atkinson didn't want to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which is kind of interesting. I mean, Nick, you had said like, the thing like if you can't, like they won't win a championship, so he wouldn't want to be the coach at that at the helm for that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's ultimately going to come down to the fact that one, I, you know, with a team that you have, whether it's like the Lakers last year, where you have LeBron on the team, right? You you pull in this talent, you don't go very far, and it's not necessarily the coach's fault, but that's what the franchise and the media and everybody's going to fall to. So I think it could be that, you know, the fact that they're not, they signed Kevin Durant and they signed Kyrie Irving and they have this X amount of talent on the team and they might not even make the playoffs. So he's going to follow the scapegoat, you know, and the Nets may fire him as a result, just using him as a scapegoat. And it's not the fact that Kyrie Irving was injured and he's a bad repertoire with the team and the team really isn't clicking. And it's not necessarily on Kenny Atkinson. You know, at the end of the day, we really don't know until we see another coach get in there and, and see how they do. Um, which I think we see with, like, Mike Miller, right? Where we saw, I think, David Fisdale ultimately was an issue with the Knicks. You know, I didn't think so at first because I, I liked his attitude. But, you know, now, since Mike Miller since Mike Miller came into there, the Knicks have maybe not has won, you know, significantly as much more games. But the team, the team are poor and the, and the team's attitude is so much better. It's night and day. Yeah. Um. So you know we're gonna look at that. You know, this he goes. You know, I don't want to get fired at the end of the season. Fire me now because we we know we all know what's going to happen. Mm. And as well as the fact that Kyrie Irving doesn't seem to mesh with anybody well, and Kyrie Irving may have wanted him gone for a coach that, uh, you know, that Kyrie just again Kyrie Irving as we said is is has this diva persona. You know, we really don't know if it's true, but it, from all my indications, it seems like it's true, and uh, the proof is 
in the pudding, I would yeah, say. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say that. Well, yeah, we, uh, you know, you know, from what we've observed, it seems like Kyrie Irving's a diva. If things going aren't going his way, it just causes ha- it causes havoc within a franchise. Um, so, you know, the rumor is that the Nets want to bring in Tyron Lue because that's, that's a coach that Kyrie Irving can control, I guess. Or not control, but just, I guess, mesh with better. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to run stuff that Kyrie Irving doesn't like. Hmm. Um, even though Kyrie Irving is, you know, for all intents and purposes, out for the season right now. Um, they wanted to make the change earlier than later, so we'll have to see which reason it is. But I think those are my top two reasons of why he got fired. Yeah, the uh, the other th- the other way that people can take it is like maybe Kevin, maybe Kenny Atkinson has seen that Kev- Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two players that re- can't really be coached well, and he didn't want to have to deal with their personalities, which I think is probably not the reason, but it could definitely be the reason. But I think that's another possibility. Yeah. Um, I also think it could have been the fact that uh, Kenny Atkinson, he, he picks his ears and then licks his earwax. Yeah, where did you get that from? <laughs> I saw a video on it somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. He, like, he begged his ear, and then he started licking his earwax mid-game. I was like, fire him right then and there. Fire him. <laughs> the one other thing, getting off that point, the one other thing um, I wanted to talk about was Kenny Atkinson could be an interesting candidate for the Knicks job. Um, he, he used to be an assistant coach for the Knicks before he got the Nets job. And I think Kenny Atkinson has done a great job with the Nets, um, getting them from the team that they were four years ago when he first became the coach to where they were at least last year. I mean, the talent that they had on their team last year really shouldn't have made the playoffs, but the way that he was able to put the team together, I mean, I think he did a really good job and could be an interesting candidate for the Knicks. If what's, who's the person that's talking about, um, Tom Timido, if that doesn't work out. Um, but you want to talk about the Rockets? Uh, sure. So as you know, I said in the last podcast, the Rockets were ten and two since the All Star break, since going to small ball, and since then they've absolutely collapsed. Uh, following the game tonight against the Magic, they're going to lose four in a row. They've lost by twenty plus points to the Clippers, to the Hornets, and now to the Magic. And I forget what the other team they lost was to. Oh, they lost to the Knicks, which I was at that game. Um, it's just been an absolute nightmare. Uh, you know. Teams have kind of switched back. Harden has not been as hot as late, and as such, leaving him one on one. And I guess Harden's rhythm is just totally off. As I was, I was talking to, um, I wasn't even talking to Brian about this. I was talking to my roommate before about this. Um, I just think Harden's Harden's rhythm is just all off. You know, he, this season he's been so used to every time I step past half court, I get double teamed. That he's just kind of transitioned to this. I I, I get panicked because I'm not. I don't want to turn it over. I need to pass first. Yeah. And now that, you know, passing first isn't the guaranteed option because he's not getting doubled every time, he's just not in the rhythm to go, okay, I'm, I can score, I can shoot, you know, I am this talent, I am this, you know, Hall of Fame level talented player. I just, just think he needs to get back into the rhythm. He, he's missing a lot of wide open shots. His shot selection hasn't been great. He just hasn't been good for the Rockets so far. And I would say the last month or so. Uh, Although Westbrook has definitely picked it up, and he's having an, he had an MVP caliber type of February, and he's been really good in March so far. Um, I think the Rockets they need to, you know, I still think they're going to be fine. They just really need to start piecing it together to really hold over the team. Um, you know, I think the teams are also figuring out how to attack the small ball a little bit better over mm-hmm. time. Um, so you know, the Rockets are going to have to adjust there. Well, this is what they do. You know, I don't think it'd be a terrible idea to maybe pull Tyson Chandler off the bench to see how that changes things, yeah. just to get a big man in there. But yeah. we'll have to see where they go. Yeah, um, I guess going into some Knicks stuff, um, everyone's heard about the Knicks and Spike Lee situation. 
I totally forgot about it because it happened like Monday. It happened at the Rockets game, actually. Um, yeah, I was I was there when this all went down. Yeah, he uh, Nick had like uh, firsthand experience with it. You were the one recording the whole situation, right? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> uh, it was definitely not me. <laughs> uh, so, I guess I'll give a little rundown about what happened. Um, Spike Lee has been. Everyone knows who Spike Lee is. If you don't, he's like probably the most famous Knicks fan out there. Um, he's like a movie producer slash director, but. Um, so he's been going to Knicks games for like 28 years or something like that. And he's been using the same entrance. Um, apparently the entrance isn't for fans, and, but he's always had access to it. And on Monday, he was basically denied access. And he got into like a sh- shouting argument with the security guards or guard. Um, and then took it to first take and tried to get the media on his side and did a good job of that. Um, in my opinion, I think that the Knicks were actually in the right in this situation. Um, maybe they didn't handle it the best they could. Maybe they could have let Spike Lee know. But I get the point of view that James Dolan is trying to, once again, uh, hinder one of the people that always speaks out against him, like he did with Charles Oakley. And he did with some fans, like the game, the next game after the Rockets game. Um, but, I mean, it is kind of like a security threat to let people into an uh, entrance that's not for fans. So, in my opinion, I kind of disagree with Spike Lee or just the way that he t- he went about doing it. I mean, he he knows how people view the Knicks and James Dolan, and he took it to the media to get everyone on his side and to put everyone against the Knicks once again. Um, but the last thing I do want to say, even though I don't agree with uh, Spike Lee, I think um, how the Knicks went about handling this just, again, shows the total dysfunction from top to bottom that the Knicks have. And... Um, Will, who did a point of view on our Instagram, made a good point by saying, like, these players that the Knicks want to get continue to see all this stuff that goes down and continues to see why there's no reason for them to go to the Knicks when there's dysfunction over and over again, conflict with fans, conflict with, like, one of the biggest fans of your of your team. It's just complete chaos that the Knicks franchise is still in and has been in for, like, years now. Um, yeah, so I probably disagree with you. I'm on Spike Lee's side. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of how he went and took it the first take. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But just this the concept of, look at this. James Dolan owns Madison Square Garden. He owns the Knicks. Spike Lee's been using this entrance for, since he's pretty much gone, start, starting to go to games. Yeah. There's really no valid reason for, for him not to let Spike Lee use that entrance. You know, he, he's a big celebrity. I don't think he should be using normal entrances. It's just, you know, it's not fair to him as, as a regular, like, goer, fangoer, to be swarmed by fans if he tries to use a different entrance. If this is the most secluded entrance, and that's why Spike Lee has chosen it, I think it's a decent entrance for him to use. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not totally against, you know, them, him not want, them not wanting him to use that entrance because it's an employee entrance. But as far as we know, they didn't give him any advanced yeah. warning that he can't use that entrance that's what i don't like they should have done that and then he and then he also pointed out the fact that you know the security told him to leave and then come through a proper you know like vip entrance which again i, th- I still think would have too many fans there because the vip entrance is open to any vips who won't vip tickets which if you guys don't know who vip entrance vip tickets are it's pretty much any any seats that are around via court which is like three four five rows back you know it's a decent amount of people um so I, I don't know if it's 100% fair to him. You know, I don't know what the optimal entrance yeah. for him the to one, use is. The one thing I wanted to say about that, like, 
the only thing I do wonder, I mean, there's always, like, a lot of celebrities that go to Knicks, Knicks games, so I wonder how they get in. Because there must be, like, I don't think they would, they probably don't use the entrance that Spike Lee's been using. I feel like there must be an entrance mm-hmm. for, like, celebrities. Yeah, so if there's an interest like that, I wouldn't mind him using it. Again, but just giving him, the, giving him the warning ahead of time. Yeah, that doesn't um, make sense. On top of the fact that they asked him to leave and then come back in through the proper entrance. And, it, you know, Spike Lee pointed this out, and it's also, you know, pretty factual that if you leave a sports arena after scanning in your ticket, no. you can't you can't enter back in and scan again. <laughs> well, they make an exception for Spike Lee. I honestly don't know because of how bad the... the relationship between James Dolan and the Knicks and, and Spike Lee has been so far, uh, you know, in the past couple of years. So I'm in terms, I'm in terms of that. I'm definitely on Spike Lee's side. I think that James Dolan is a terrible owner and I, sh- I shouted out to sell the team and I had some security guards stare me down. So it was not a fun experience. Oh. Um, then also like, during, you know, I actually did see like at halftime when James Dolan came over to Spike Lee like, Spike Lee, you could tell, just did not want to talk to him. Spike Lee was upset. Hmm. And I definitely, like, the, the fact that the James Dolan and the Knicks said that, oh, he was very open arms, and they, they pretty much, like, talked it out and had a handshake. It just did not seem like, you know, I was, again, I was I was, I was was quite a, some rows back, but it just did not seem like that from afar. So it seems like, you know, Spike, J- James Dolan just doesn't like Spike Lee. Because James Dolan, as proven between Charles Oakley and all the fans, that he just wants zero criticism. Yeah. You know, when these like, when these fans complain about him in the arena, they paid for their tickets, they paid, they paid for their spot to be there. They're not being vulgar. They're not screaming and shouting, you know, racist curse words, anything like that. It's it's just, you know, they're just shouting their opinion, like, sell the team. Like, we don't think you're a good owner. Yeah. You know, they, it may not be what James Dolan wants to hear, but it's, it's not vulgar and it's not really destructive in terms of, like, the environment there. But, you know, in terms of, like, the team morale it might be, but... You know, so I have a problem there. But then again, just finishing off my statement here, you know, going to, going to first take, I don't think was Spike Lee's best uh, yeah. best idea for two reasons. Number one, he did it really early on. He should have let his emotions fade because you could tell he was pretty emotional in argument. Mm-hmm. Let the facts speak for themselves. Take a week or so. Let the media try and cover it, and then come out and tell your side of the story. Tell the facts without emotion. Number two, first take is all emotion. They don't give a damn about the facts. It's whatever hot take. Max Kellerman or or Stephen A. Smith can take, and you know that Stephen A. Smith's always going to go t- take him to a race issue because he can. Yeah. Uh, you know, we really don't know if it's a race issue. It's it, I think it's absolutely unfair to say that it is. We really don't know. It could be, but we don't know. So it's just you know, give it time, give the time, the situation to marinate, and then try to go to a more reputable source. It's, it's more based on facts, and I think that you'll you'll get more people to go on to your side in the long run versus the short-term people who are just feeling the emotion of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else to really discuss about that. The one thing I, that didn't make sense, I think it was the next night, um, James Dolan kicked out like a certain amount of fans. I think it was like, I can't say James Dolan kicked him out, but the security guards kicked out a certain amount of fans who were yelling, sell the team. Um, I feel like, like James Dolan should get where the Knicks are in the media standpoint at that moment of time. I mean, it was the night after the whole Spike Lee situation, so maybe take a chill pill after that, but I don't think James Dolan really knows what's going on. I think it is James Dolan because he owns, again, Mass Square Garden, oh, I, I and definitely he owns think, the Knicks. That, yeah. yeah, so he's he's definitely, in my opinion, from what I can see, is he's definitely having influence in terms of the security. Like, oh, if yeah. you hear people selling sell the team, you need to kick them out, and they follow orders. They're just doing their jobs. Yeah. Definitely. 
I just don't think James Dolan understands how the media actually perceives the Knicks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess college stuff now. All right, so uh, college football, not much has changed. Drafts coming up. Did not work on that much after over the break. I'm going to try and get it done for hopefully a week or two before the actual draft. Um, you know, It looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting draft. A lot of possible movers because a lot of teams need quarterbacks. There's a plethora of quarterbacks in this draft. A lot of good talent. I think there's a lot of a lot of key players that can make a huge difference. Again, for the Giants, just keep it quick. I hope they either get Jeffrey Okuda from our state, really good cornerback. I think he's one of the best cornerback prospects we've seen. Just so well rounded, and or uh, Isaiah Simmons at uh, at of Clemson, four three nine linebacker in terms of speed. Uh, play he's played like cornerback. He's played safety. He's played linebacker. He's played edge rusher. Really versatile guy, and he seems like he's going to fit with. So. I'd be excited to see the Giants draft them at four. If not, then trade back and see what other talent you can, you can uh, accumulate. But other than that, uh, moving on to college basketball. Pretty exciting week for college basketball. Uh, it's conference tournament this week. We have conference uh, games going on right now and, and throughout the week. I'm um, not going to really cover teams, you know, who got kicked out, who, who made it based on – because, again, remember, teams that weren't going to make the tournament but win their conference tournaments punch their tickets into the bracket the 60-14 bracket okay. or I think it's 68 technically before you before you actually start it off because there's teams that have to fight for the last spots but um, so you know we'll have to see where I know like Belmont's one of the teams that got in Liberty University is one of them so we'll have to see how those the tournaments work out and hopefully uh, I believe it's ne- next week we should be able to discuss the, the brackets as they come along I'm pretty excited. I love March Madness. It's probably my favorite sports time of the year in terms of like watching the games, and they're all so uh, the, just just the excitement's amazing. I, I, I love them. Um, so uh, just a couple, I guess, little pieces of news. I guess more because they affect me. Uh, so Biggies, uh, you know, Villanova's in it. Three way tie, which is pretty interesting. A three way tie for the the champions of the regular season between Creighton, Seton Hall, and Villanova. Uh, Biggies is a really interesting. Uh, I say it's probably the most interesting conference in in the entire country because not necessarily do they have the most talent in, the, in all the conferences, but I think the talent is the most spread out. Where you see conferences like the Big Ten, where you have the teams that are all the way on top, and then you have the teams that are all the way on the bottom. There's a huge talent disparity between those teams. Where the you know the Big East between St. John's and Villanova, there's definitely a talent disparity there. But I think at any point in time, you can see an upset, and that's why we have a three-way tie for the conference championship. That also leads me to the game of the week, which is going to be Creighton versus Seton Hall. Really good game. Creighton wind up blowing out Seton Hall. Uh, Creighton, who had a pretty rough start to the beginning of the season, has really pulled through, and they've nearly went undefeated since entering conference. Well, I think they're 13-5 in conference play, but you know they, they played pretty well in conference play, and they're a team that not a lot of people saw being this good, so I think they're really interesting to watch. I'm excited to see where Seton Hall, Creighton, and Villanova get placed in the March Madness in terms of seeds. I know if Villanova wins out the tournament, you know, the conference championship tournament, they could be a two seed in the bracket, so that's kind of exciting. Um, so that's college basketball. Do you have any comments, Brian, for college? Uh, I guess for March Madness, like that's like the only time I actually pay attention to college basketball. Um, it's just like what I always root for is like the underdogs, and I think everyone roots for that. And like the uh, what's it, the Cinderella story and stuff like that. That's just really fun for me. Yeah, there's always one team every year that yeah. goes for that run, and that kills all the brackets. Yeah, I'll have to see which one it is this year. I, I always, I could never pick the friggin' winner, right? I, I always pick like the, the winner like one year off because I remember 
I didn't pick Villanova in 2016. I picked them in 2017. They didn't win. Mm. And then I chose Virginia in 2018. They got knocked out right away. And then after that, I chose Duke last year, and they got knocked out early, and Virginia won. So I'm just – I'm all wishy-washy. I usually do a really, really well in the first round, like almost like 100%. That's, that's I like think I've had like one or two – I think I've had like one or two perfect brackets out of the first round. Mm. I think last and year I, I always won, falls apart. I won my March Madness week. I think. There you go. So when we cover the the first round next week, I'm pretty good at those. So listen up. <laughs> we'll be excited to get into that. Uh, moving off of college basketball, um, you know I don't cover we don't cover fighting every week on the podcast, but I think when there's like really big fights, they're really big in the in the media. And some of them I get to watch, some of them I don't. I just think they're really interesting. So uh, USC 248 was last night. Um, and the two main card, uh, the two like uh, you know main events for last night was a women's uh, straightweight title fight and a men's uh, middleweight title fight. So looking to the women's fight, uh, you had Zhang Zhang Wiley and then Joanna Jed Rezjik. I can't spell. I can't say her name. Um, no clue who these fighters are. In all honesty, but I did catch the fight. This is the one fight that I did catch from last night. Or was it two nights ago now? I can't remember, but um, really brutal fight. I mean, they went after. If you look at, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna say Joanna J is gonna call her because I can't spare <laughs> her last name. If you look at pictures of her from pre, pre and post fight, the amount of damage that she, and the amount of swelling she has to her head, she looks like an alien. It's pretty gruesome, honestly. Um, it's like neither of the women protected themselves. They literally just went blow for blow to the head, and it was one, it was one of the most brutal fights I, I've ever watched, especially coming from women. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, those women are, are really strong, and I would hate to mess with them any day of the week. Um, and then the other fight, which is a polar opposite, where there was almost no punches thrown. We had Israel Adesanya and uh, Yoel Romero. Um, they pretty much, I believe the fight was four rounds, and all it did was dance around the ring, the, the octagon, the entire time. Um, there was almost no punches thrown, a lot of taunting. Um, and then Adesanya wound up coming out in the win, and then there's like this huge controversy. Like people paid the pay per view to watch this title fight, and they th- hardly even threw punches; they just ran around. And you know, I think it was um, Dana White, who's the commissioner of UFC. He came out and said that he's like he's he's in favor of the fight in terms of Adesanya was using uh, actual tactics in terms of you know trying to be strategic and win by points rather than a knockout. Or he said you know, or he had more of the. I believe he had more of the opinion where Yoel Romero um, was more just running around the ring performing nonsense. So, you know, it, it was a fight that wasn't complete BS, and it was more just a, a battle of styles with, with Dana White, which you could just try to be covering because the fact that he has to, you know, all these people paid to watch, and, and he's the commissioner, so it could be that. But I don't know. Pretty interesting to see that uh, there was almost running, pretty much running around for two rounds straight. Mm. Um, so that covers UFC 248. Do you have any comments, Brian? No. Brian's going in the comments. <laughs> so uh, moving in on into our controversial topic, big controversial topic, one of the biggest ones I think we've ever had because it's so so big in the media. Everyone get ready. This, this is big. It's pretty big. So I chose this one. Um, so today's controversial topic is going to be the coronavirus. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, it, it's, you know, it's taking over the world by storm in a, in a negative way. Yeah. Um, but it's also really affecting our sports at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, just in terms of in terms of sports, right? What we've seen so far is that um, in the NBA, they sent out a memo where players should give uh, fist pumps instead of handshakes, and they shouldn't sign autographs. So you have that there. 
Uh, the NFL isn't playing right now, and neither is MLB, so I'm sure. But if they were, like, in heavy heavy goes right now, you know, MLB is obviously in spring training, and there's not as many fans there. But I'm sure if, you know, if this disease is still strong going into April, I'm sure the MLB will have a memo for the players not to really yeah, interact with fans. For baseball, it was um, – they did the thing with the autographs, too, like the players yeah, okay. can take pens and baseballs from fans. Yeah. I did hear something I wasn't sure. If it wasn't as much uh, politicized as the NBA one, yeah. because obviously the NBA is in season. And also, um, the like, there's been rumors about them taking away the fans from the game and just having the players play. Which I was about to go into. That that's another rumor that they're going to remove all fans from the games yeah. and just have the players play. Um, so two two things. Also, you know, going off of that, we've seen it in Italy, and I believe. Britain or England or whatever it was, they're, they're having games as we speak. They removed all the fans from the games. I remember there was this clip that I saw on ESPN earlier. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo walked into the arena. Which he plays for Italy. He plays for Juventus. Mm. Um, he walked into the arena. Usually there's fans waiting outside the bus, and they all give him high fives. He, he pretended to high five the fake people even because there's nobody there. Um, so it's, it's actually affecting our sports. And ultimately, I, I also wanted to – I, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, like, should we be worried and should we not go to sports events because of this? Mm. And ultimately, with my expertise, which you got to say with a grain of salt, I'm not an actual medical doctor, but I, I, I have been in, you know, pre-med since almost sophomore year of high school. I've been doing this in terms of just picking up medical knowledge. Yeah. Um, and all, all the, all the, you know, the credible information I read online, not, not these blog posts, I, I go straight to physicians. And the ultimate thing is, number one, you should not be worried. This disease is not that communicable. Uh, ultimately, it, it's it's transmitted through air droplets versus uh, air airborne. So uh, examples of an airborne disease, you have the flu, you have the cold. And what that means is that, um, you know, whether it's breathing, you know, it's very communicable. You don't need a lot of, of – because all the all the disease really gets captured in the moisture and your breath and whatnot. And it, it's it's very easily transferable. You don't need a lot of moisture. It, it doesn't need like a lot of – it doesn't need heavy droplets to be transferred in terms of like a flu or a cold. Where the coronavirus is, you need heavier droplets. It's, it's droplet based. So if somebody coughs, sneezes. Those are your areas for concerns. And again, breathing it in is not necessarily is not going to give you the disease. It's when it actually get, comes into contact with your skin. So I think you know, sp- you know, if you see somebody coughing and sneezing, moving away is not a terrible idea. Obviously, you should be three to five feet um, at least in between them. That'd be a smart move to do. Um, and on top of that. I see people buying masks and hand you know, expensive hand sanitizers. And first of all, the masks, they're ineffective. You know, wearing them to sports games wherever you go is not really going to help you. Um, you know, especially because it's droplets and not even airborne. But airborne doesn't penetrate through the mask. And droplets are going to have minimal effect. Uh, the masks are going to have minimal effect. Save the, save the supply for people that actually need them. And then on top of that, uh, hand sanitizer, it's not bad to use, but it's actually not worth paying the exorbitant prices that are being charged for them right now on resale. Because everyone's just buying them in panic. Ultimately, washing your hands is—I believe—it's more effective than hand sanitizer. Because if hand sanitizer, you only get part of your hand, and then it dries up, you're not going to get your entire hand. Where if you wash your hands thoroughly, you're going to get your entire hand covered with water. It's be a lot more effective. And the ultimate, the ultimate key is if you go out somewhere, wash your hands before touching your face or nose anywhere your mucous membranes, uh, mouth, nose, eyes, ears, anywhere the disease can get inside of you. And it's really simple as that. So you know, just going through there. Number one thing is that a lot of people have the coronavirus and let's say a seasonal flu and you're more likely, to, although you are more likely to die from the coronavirus, it's still a small, relatively small percentage. I believe the percentage is somewhere between two and five percent. And, you know, the, the chance of dying from a flu are like 0.01 percent. Um, but either way, um, unless you're elderly or, or you have a really young infant, 
like likelihood of you dying from it and, and not being just the symptoms are very similar to the flu and that's most likely what you will experience if you were to get the coronavirus so at the end of the day don't panic about it just you know stay clean uh be aware there's no reason to i believe stop going to games and stop all walks of life i think it's a little excessive um you know go enjoy your sports games uh just make sure you wash your hands before you go eat something it's pretty much as simple as that in my opinion yeah brian um I think that, I mean, what I've heard, I don't have as much expertise as Nick, obviously, but, like, right now, this is, like, it's going to get much worse than it is right now. Like, not to I believe so, yes. Yeah. I mean, from, I, I think the first case in New York was on Monday or something, and now there's already, like, 80-something cases in Westchester, so it, like, grew- and I was, it's, it's- it's funny because the guy who got it on Monday was in Westchester, New York, and apparently he takes Metro North, yep. and I was on the train that day. <laughs> really? And I'm fine, so... I mean, I take the train every day. He's from Nourish Hill, so that's why... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, again, just... I do think it's going to get worse in terms of the amount of people that are going yeah. to have it until we do find a vaccine. So the process to make a vaccine for it, which is it's already in the works, and honestly, we probably do already have a working vaccine for it. But you have to pass through the FDA, you know, make sure it's 100 percent safe for humans and it has the effects that the scientists and the doctors they want it to have. You know, they don't want to give you the coronavirus by giving you the vaccine or make you sick from it. Mm. And put it in more simple terms, you know, the FDA and, and, the, and the people experimenting with them want to make sure they're really safe. So, you know, basically making a vaccine and really, again, in simple terms is they're going to take somebody who has the coronavirus, take a little bit of their blood, isolate the virus, weaken it. And then inject it into rats and see how how the rat's immune system uh, fights it off, and they'll, they'll eventually, you know, make it weaker and weaker. They want to they want to make it to the point where those rats have immunity to the to the vaccine. Well, you know, this, it's got you got to have the you got to have it right in between. You don't want it to be too weak where it doesn't even affect them at all. Yeah. But you don't want to have it too strong where it kills them. So you got to find that right middle ground, and then do the testing, and then have a trial on humans. So it's like a one to two year pro- progress. Uh, normal normally it's like a one to two year process. But I'm sure they're expediting it as fast as possible. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't – in fact, that it's been around for a couple months now. You know, it's probably going to be a couple more months before we do see any working vaccines uh, in use. And they'll probably be in small quantities at first. But as you said, more people, more people are going to have it. It's just about treating it as if you would flu season or you would cold, you know. Just wash your hands. Try and stay clean. Don't panic. It's If you do get the coronavirus – you know, God forbid you don't. I hope nobody gets it. I hope it goes away, obviously. But if you do, don't panic. Go to your go to your local doctor. Get get the proper treatment. Get get isolated, and you're most likely going to be fine. There's, there's no reason to sit here and panic and and change your entire life for it. Yeah, which includes going to sports games. Um, yeah. But I, I guess we'll, we'll get off that topic for now. Um, so I guess that's it for this week's podcast. Nick, any final thoughts? Um, sure. Yeah. Sorry if I got into a little too medical for you guys. Just again, go enjoy your sports games. I hate when people are like panicking and buying all these hand sanitizers and not. I can't go to this place because oh, there might be the coronavirus there. Just relax. Yeah. Just wash your hands. That's, that's all I gotta say. Um, other than that, back at school now. Did not really, as I said, did not really get to the mock draft like I wanted to, but I'm hoping to get to it at some point. Uh, life's just really busy for me right now. I'm just I can't wait till the end of the semester where hopefully things will slow down a little bit. I can really recash my focus but um other than that i hope you guys enjoyed listening um don't get the coronavirus uh if you guys have any comments questions concerns please feel please feel free to contact me at my twitter 
at nickhorvath 61 at my email at nicholashorvath10 at yahoo.com or on my Instagram at nick.horvath. Uh, other than that, have a good week, guys. Signing out, handing over to Brian. Yeah, I forgot to say when we were talking about the coronavirus, but last year when I was at Marist, I took, uh, um, what's it called? When the zombies come, what's that called? Oh, my God. This is, like, the whole point of my story. On the, zo- the end of the world, what's, like, the word for that? Apocalypse? Yeah, I took an ap- apocalypse class, and, like, we watched these movies about, like, the, the world ending and, like, everyone being on their own, and that just, I mean, I'm not going to take it to the point that the coronavirus is going to be the apocalypse because, I mean, as Nick said, it doesn't, like, cause death. Well, it can. Whatever. I'm not talking about that. But it just constantly goes through my head, all the images that I learned about in that class and how it was, like, a joke that the ap- apocalypse was going to happen and, like... This is happening now. Like, I really want to email my teacher from Maris and, like, say, are you still teaching that class right now? Um, but, yeah, it's the coronavirus is definitely on my mind. Um, I travel to the city every day, take the subway, take the train. So it's definitely on my mind. I'm trying my best not to totally freak out about it. Um, but other than that, um, I have midterms coming up this week. So three midterms, and then I have spring break. So... Just get those over with, and then I'm off for a week, which I'm excited for. Um, I don't think there's anything else. We did post a Mets hype video for on Friday. It's doing pretty well. If you guys have any other teams that you want me to do, I did the Mets first because obviously I'm a Mets fan, so it was just easiest for me to do that. Um, but other than that, we'll be back next week with another another podcast. Let us know what you thought. The podcast, and I, I guess our DMs, since you can't comment. Check out our videos on YouTube, on Instagram, our articles. Um, that's really it. If you're interested in writing for us, editing videos, contact us at thesportuniverse2019 at gmail.com. And on that, thanks for listening. Bye.